Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 336. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. I am also joined by one of the marvelous members of the Blueprint MCAT Live Online team, our sponsors of this podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Before we jump in, talk about some MCAT stress and how to mitigate it. Uh, mitigate that stress. We uh, want to talk about Blueprint MCAT. Go check them out at blueprintmcat.com. Again, our sponsors of the MCAT podcast and check out their free account. More specifically, I wanted to talk about their flashcards today. We all know flashcards are an amazing study tool. Did you know spaced repetition flashcard platforms are all the rage because they work really, really well. And Blueprint MCAT has built their own custom spaced repetition flashcard platform for you to use with over 1,600 pre-made, expertly crafted flashcards for you. Go check that out for free, as well as many other free goodies over at blueprintmcat.com. Let's go and jump in, and let's talk about some MCAT stress today. Zaska, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Happy to be back. (laughs) Happy to be back. Last week, we covered flashcards. This week, we're covering... Another big, big topic, uh, weightier topic, um, stress, uh, stress and MCAT prep, I think go hand in hand, unfortunately, uh, stress and being a pre-med stress and applying to med school, stress and medical school. Basically there's just stress all along the way. Um, there seems to be some outweighed success, uh, success, stress, which leads hopefully to some, some success, uh, on the MCAT there there's, um, uh, outweighed, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, stress for the MCAT. Uh, you obviously, as a medical student, you took the MCAT, you were very successful with the MCAT. Uh, does that mean it was stress-free for, for you, even though it was uh, relatively successful? Definitely not. Um, I think everyone who takes the MCAT has a lot of stress. And the funny thing is like, Managing stress is not just uh, not just important for the MCAT and your success, but just generally for the long term, right? Like once you're in medical school, unfortunately, the studying is very constant and you're busy all the time. So being able to manage that stress is a skill that will take you very far. And it's honestly something that I got asked a lot in like on the interview trail. They're like, Saska, like, how do you manage stress? So if you get into practice during your MCAT, you'll have some great answers for that question. <laughs> so let's talk about stress, right? Why why do we need to talk about it in terms of MCAT prep? Because 
I think lots of students understand, right, stress is just a part of life and we have eustress and distress and all that kind of good stress, whatever. Um, in terms of the MCAT, how does stress affect the MCAT and MCAT prep and MCAT performance on test day? Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't know, maybe I should nerd out a little bit because you're talking about this yesterday in the class that I teach. Um, but I think like most people are kind of, or hopefully you're familiar-ish if you're listening to this. Um, I've taken a psychology class before, but there's something called like the Yerkes-Dodson law where it's like, there's like an optimal level of stress that allows you to perform the best. And I think that applies with, you know, like the MCAT, right? If you're not stressed enough, then maybe you're not necessarily like caring enough and maybe not putting in enough effort to study. If you're too stressed, that's also bad, right? Because it can lead to burnout or some people like will get kind of like paralyzed with stress and they're like, ah, like I'm so stressed. I don't know what to do next. But I do think that a certain level of stress, now I wouldn't say too much stress. And we'll talk a little bit about, you know, things you can do to mitigate this stress. But I do think like a little bit of stress is appropriate for the MCAT because obviously it's a pretty important test if you want to go into medical school, but it shouldn't get to the point where it is like affecting your ability to study or like go forward. Yeah. So what do you think for, for students who are prepping for the MCAT? It, is avoiding stress the goal or is managing stress the goal? And, and how, do we, how do we do that? Yeah. Um, I think avoiding stress is kind of not necessarily super realistic. So I think managing would definitely be the goal. Um, I think one of my biggest tips, and I will say this advice comes from someone who studied like two and a half months over the summer, kind of like full time. So this would look different for people who were say like studying during the year or studying while they have a job. Um, but while I was studying full time, I, one of my biggest things for stress management was that I would take at least one day per week to just do nothing. Like literally like not think about MCAT, not do anything related to MCAT, like the MCAT should not even cross my mind. For me, that was usually Sunday. So I take my full lengths on Saturdays. And then on Sundays, I just like be like my head would be empty. I just go out and have fun with friends or just relax at home. But the main thing was that I was not thinking about the MCAT because another piece of advice that I have generally is that if you're trying to take breaks from the MCAT, whether it be a full day or even a couple of hours, just taking time for yourself, if you are, if your headspace is occupied by the MCAT or if you're thinking about it, it's not a break yeah. because I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just not. <laughs> yeah. But how do you do that? Because when I talk to students who basically take everything out of their life to study for the MCAT, they stop doing their activities, they stop working, they stop seeing friends and family, and they stop self-care because they think studying for the MCAT means 100% dedication, 100% of the time, all day, every day. How do you help someone understand, right? I don't want to use the word convince because that's a strong word, but how do you help someone understand that effective MCAT studying involves some of these stress management things of going and doing things that you're passionate about, seeing friends and family, taking breaks, all that good stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing here is just thinking about that, like, MCAT is a marathon and not a sprint, right? So like, let's say you were studying for like a really short period of time, like if the MCAT didn't have that much content on it, let's say it was just like a regular like test, and you only had like two weeks to study for it, then I would get okay, yeah, like maybe we'd like, 
put all put all our put our all into it for this short period of time. The thing is, when you're studying for the MCAT, it usually ends up being like if not like at the least, like me, like maybe like what, like two and a half to three months, but on the longer end, right. It can end up being like six months or more, depending on how many other things you have going on in your life. And so I think the idea of prioritization of managing stress goes along with the fact that usually you're studying for the MCAT for a really long time. And if you're not taking an active role in managing that stress, it's very, very easy to burn out and you may, you know, like not even make it to the end, which is ultimately what you want to do, right? You want to be able to sit down for test day. You want to be able to go to your testing center, feel confident in yourself and then take the test. If you're not managing your stress proactively, then you may never get there. And that is not optimal for you. <laughs> <laughs> not optimal. Um, what are some of the best stress relief things that, that you've done for yourself? You've heard other, other people talk about for MCAT stuff or life in general. Yeah. I mean, I think other people, this is not a me thing. It is now actually in medical school, but I think a lot of people really tout exercise as a really good way of relieving stress, right? Just, you know, taking a break mentally, but also like physical exercise is just like really good for relieving stress. I didn't do that during the MCAT. I definitely should. Like, I feel like I was studying all these things about the body and I, maybe I could have looked inward and been like, Hey, maybe we should like go on the treadmill or like lift or something, but I didn't do that. But I have a lot of friends who did and it said, and they said that it was helpful, but I promise I do that now. I do it during med school. I am more of a runner now. And I feel like, like I said before, I feel like becoming a med student has made me very intimately aware of like not becoming a hit, like not being a hypocrite. I'm like, wow, I'm saying all these body systems and the ways that it can go wrong and ways that you can get sick. <laughs> Maybe I should like go for a run sometime. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, uh, uh, not sit all day long. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, for me, I think the main forms of stress relief that I would do would probably, I'm a big like eating out person. I think that's my biggest, also like honestly biggest, um, like budgeting flaw. Like I remember the first, sorry, I'm getting off track here, but the first week at NYU during orientation, they were talking to us about budgeting and they're like, guys, you need to know about what your personal like flaws or like um, the things that you tend to spend money on that maybe you shouldn't. And he's like, yeah. yeah. So like, I like love to eat out and I shouldn't do that. And I was like, I love to eat out. Like that's like <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. And like, I know New York is expensive, but that's not necessarily going to be something that I'm giving up. So usually on the weekend, sometime um, on my free days, I would go like grab a meal with like some of my friends or mm. um, yeah just like use it as an opportunity to explore and eat new foods. Yeah. How do you shut your brain off? You talked about it earlier, right? Because (laughs) if, if you're out eating with friends and all you're thinking about is the stuff that you're not studying, that's not super helpful. How do you shut your brain off? Give yourself permission to have that time to step away. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely something that's easier said than done. I think it was more difficult for me in the beginning um, to like kind of like shut my brain off that way. I will say one of the things that helped me personally was getting dinner with slash just hanging out with people who were not pre-med. And I think generally like, you know, like sometimes during this time, like hanging out with people who are not pre-med is like can be like conflicting, right? Like maybe they don't understand what you're going through. Maybe they don't understand like how many hours it takes to prepare for this like monster of a test. But I found that sometimes when you hang out with pre-meds during this time, it can really like elevate the level of neuroticism that you're feeling, right? And if they're also studying for the MCAT, 
if they end up talking about it, it has you thinking about it. And then like, it kind of has you in that headspace for that entire time. So I wouldn't say that that's necessarily like a be all end all or something that will like fix everything. But I will say like, having those around you with kind of diverse viewpoints can kind of help mm -hmm. you get out of that like headspace, which is honestly something that I found in med school too, right? Like I love my med school friends and I love studying with them. They're great. But sometimes you just kind of need to get your head out of that place and yeah. try and not be so yeah. like tunnel vision. Have, have you had any of those kind of rule setting, boundary setting conversations like, okay, we're going to dinner. We cannot talk about the test that we just took. Yeah. And I think honestly, um, I think like that opens up kind of like a larger conversation, right? About like stress management, because yes, obviously you need to set aside time for yourself and to give yourself time to decompress. But I think something else that I learned about during my MCAT and like surrounded the stress management idea is like the ability to say no and set boundaries with people, right? Because yes, you do want to take time for yourself, but you don't, especially with people who may not like necessarily understand like, how much time commitment you need to put into this stuff. Sometimes you need to be like super clear and be like, Hey guys, like let's grab dinner. We can't like, you know, we can't maybe um, like stay out too late because tomorrow I have to take like a full length exam, which is going to take this many hours. And I want to make sure that I'm like mentally good to do that. Things like that. Right. Just being yeah. able to communicate boundaries and sometimes say no, if it's appropriate is really helpful. Yeah. I, I was not good with that in college, I, I remember uh, explicitly one night, like it was a Friday night. And so people are like, hey, we're going out. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and I, I remember <laughs> talking to a friend who uh, was was same year as me taking the MCAT pre-med. And I'm like, okay, come on, we're going out. And he's like, uh, I'm studying for the MCAT. I'm not going out tonight. And I'm like, oh, you're a loser. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> you actually are smart and uh, know how to <laughs> set proper boundaries. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's hard in the moment. And, and I think um, that's potentially where you do some of that work beforehand to go, okay, like this week is an important week for X, Y, Z. I know that I'm going to be tempted on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever to go out, but I'm making the decision right now that I'm not going to. Because in the heat of the moment, it's it's easy to go, oh yeah, I, I'm going to go. Uh, but if you set those boundaries, say, hey, hey guys, like I, I'm not going to make it out this weekend. I have too much. Then hopefully those other people will respect your boundaries. And they may call you loser like I call my friend a loser or nerd <laughs> or whatever it is that I called him. Um, and and so it's just it's just one of those things where you just communicate with those around you and hopefully they respect those boundaries and uh, you go on with your life. And guess what? Like if I didn't go out that night, I wouldn't have missed anything. <laughs> I would have maybe even scored higher on my MCAT score. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, FOMO is super real, but mm. I think um, when you're doing your MCAT, right, like obviously it's important to enjoy yourself in moderation, but you need to be smart about like planning these things in advance and making sure that you're not going too overboard as well. Yeah. Any last minute stress tips, someone going into taking their real MCAT? That's where I have heard horror stories of students are like, scoring 520s on the double AMC exams leading up to the test. And then they come back and they get a 505. I'm like, what happened? And they're like, I freaked out, right? The stress of the real MCAT versus a practice MCAT is completely different. Any, any tips there? Yeah. Um, 
I I remember feeling pretty nervous like leading up to my MCAT too, but I think like breathing exercises were something that like helped me. I don't remember exactly which ones I did, but those generally like helped me kind of get my heart rate down a bit and like helped me focus a bit more, at least at the beginning. Like I remember during my chemphys section, my heart was racing. Like I was so nervous. I think another point to bring in here too is that this kind of reflects obviously like you know, test anxiety is like unlike any other, but I think this is a good time to kind of bring in the importance of doing tests like practice, right? Because when you're doing your practice exams, if you're doing an environment that kind of simulates the real thing, then the real thing shouldn't feel like too different um, from the things that you've done. So like, for example, on the day of your exam, don't like do anything new. Like the day of your exam is not the time to like get your adrenaline pumping because you've like drank like two Celsius or something, you have like an insane amount of caffeine, like running through your system, right? You want to minimize the things that are different and minimize things that that could kind of make your anxiety worse during that time. Um, Other than those things, I think the main thing that I was thinking to myself during my MCAT that helped a bit with the nerves at the beginning was something that like an upperclassman that I talked to during my time at USC told me like a week before the test, which is basically just that, you know, you have put in so much work during these however many months you've been studying. Um, And you're never going to, like, you really are never going to know everything that you need to know going into the MCAT. And that's okay. It is like physically impossible to know all the science that is out there, but you have put in the work and you have shown that you can score, you know, like around your target score based on how you've done so far. And I know that it's scary, but, um, you've got this and you've done the prep to like back up the fact that you are going to do how you want to. So I don't know, at least for me, it just felt really scary. I'm like, Oh, like what if they asked me this super obscure thing that I forgot to study or like, what if they asked me something in chem phys and I just like have no idea. And you know, it happens, but if you've done enough MCAT practice and strategy, you know that even if you, you encounter something that you've never seen before, you can work your way out of it and you have the skills and you put in the time to be able to kind of get your way out of those situations. Yeah. Love it. What about, uh, I'll get a little bit more niche here. What about someone who's starting to stress out during their real MCAT? Any, any tips, breathing exercises, ways to kind of pull out of that immediate stress of, of maybe seeing one of those questions going, Oh my gosh, I forgot to study this. Right. This is probably a common response. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I would say breathing exercises would be like my go-to like in the moment just to kind of like get your heart rate down and, you know, like get your respiratory rate down. Um, but generally I would say if you encounter something that is like that anxiety inducing where you just like, don't know what's going on. Um, I would just say like, honestly, like flag it and move on because I think the biggest thing, like not like. I would say the worst. I think the worst thing that you can do in that situation is like kind of use it as a um, as a mechanism to kind of like spiral for the rest. So at the end of the day, yeah, it sucks that you might not remember the specific content that's being asked for that one question. But at the same time, it's only one question out of like 59 or so. Right. Like you have like 58 other chances to prove yourself and to be able to tackle those questions instead. So it's really important to have like kind of be like a goldfish, right? Like have short-term memory loss. If you see something that makes you panic, you'd be like, okay, I don't really know what this is and that's okay. Um, Just flag it and move on and like be able to tackle the other ones in earnest. All right, so there you have it. 
MCAT stress. Hopefully, I don't think you can't get rid of all stress, right? I don't think the goal is to get rid of all stress. I think that stresses people out when they realize that they can't get rid of all stress. But it's good, right? We have you stress is good stress. We have distress, bad stress. Uh, but stress, stress is stress. It means we're on the right path. There's something, something stressing us out. So use that stress to the best of your ability and maximize your score, maximize your study, maximize all that stuff. Use the stress. It's like, use the force, Luke. Use the stress. I hope you have a wonderful week. Go check out blueprintmcat.com, our sponsors of the MCAT podcast. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT podcast. This is MedEd Media.